Josh, Joe, thank you very much for coming in. Um, we try to get into these as quick as possible. So the best way in is how did you guys first hear about Westside Barbell and come train here? Well, basically, um, I had no idea what Westside Barbell was. Um, really no clue. And I saw them at the Arnold. My first year I went to the Arnold thing. I saw them guys benching. And I was like, damn, some strong dudes. So then come about six or seven months later, um, I'm working out of YMCA um, with my soon-to-be brother-in-law, Jim Danison, and he introduced me to Bob Coe. And then Bob Coe then took me from the YMCA. Um, I remember we went a year later, went to the Arnold again with him, and he took me in the back warm-up room, and I was like, holy hell, look at some of these guys back. I mean, there's lifting weight that I'd never seen in my life. Well, we get done there. He goes, I'm going to take you somewhere after this. I said, oh. So we take a little cruise. I'm like, damn, I don't know where we're going, but this place ain't looking you know, a little rough. Yeah. Um, so we go over to the west side. And he goes, I just want to show you what west side barbell is. You know, and I, you've heard the stories. No signs, blacked out windows. That ain't no joke. That's what it was. So we opened the door, and I looked in there, and I said, damn, there ain't nothing here. I mean, you had a monolift. Some uh, bracks and a bench and a lap machine. Or, yeah, a lap machine. That's all it was there. I mean, it wasn't, you know, your commercial gym or nothing. Yeah. Um, so Bob still kept training me at YMCA. He'd come down and bench with us because he was living at Newark at the time. And I remember I had to bench 405. Um, so he loaded up all these little plates on there. I didn't know what I was benching. Take a weight out, press it, boom. It's like 405. Then he throws me a West Side shirt. Because now that just gonna that you got to earn that shirt now. So then the following week he took me to Westside on Sundays, and that's how I started my whole. Like I said, I was there for like twelve to thirteen years after that. So about what night nineteen is when you got in there? I uh, got in there about ninety seven. That's when okay. I think I started up there, and I left in whatever. Never. <laughs> never. Yeah, I've never. I mean, I've literally <laughs> been part of it since since then. I mean. Up till, you know, lose death, I was still, you know, we were still close. Yeah. Um, I just went out to dinner with him two months prior to that because we were talking about putting on that competition, yeah. that, that last competition we put on. So that's kind of how I started. I mean, and uh, I mean, I guess I'll leave it over to Joe. So I started, I needed, I couldn't get the West Side on a couple of Sundays. So um, he was training at a gym. I don't even remember what it was, somewhere in Newark. And here I come dragging in some chains that Bob Coe let me use. And this gym is like staring at me, you know, I got a five gallon bucket of chains and I think, well, what the hell is this guy doing? And then I saw him and uh, Tracy. Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. And when I uh, saw those guys and just kind of started benching from there. And uh, that's how, you know, then I'll let Joe speak on his part. Uh, you know, but that's how I first got in the West Side. And then, you know, I cut my teeth. <laughs> there was grown ass men in that gym when I was there. Yeah. I come in 19 years old, <laughs> just my eyes wide open. Bob Coe said the first time I walked in, he didn't want me to speak for a, a damn year in there. So I didn't speak. <laughs> I literally did not speak for almost a year first when I went to that gym. And I think a lot of the guys thought I was, I had a problem or something because I didn't, <laughs> I just took in so much from just watching these guys. Um, it was insane. Um, you know, today everybody talks about hardcore, hardcore this, hardcore that, you know, you got to do this, you know. I was raised like that. That that wasn't hardcore. That was normal. That was normalcy for us. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I literally grew up on seeing. You know, at 19, you're watching these guys, you know, ready to kill one another. <laughs> you know, I learned the intensity from there. It wasn't something that, you know, you know, I got to tell myself to get tits. You just did it or you didn't. And if yeah. you didn't, you were out of the gym. So, at yeah. that time. So, 
that's that's kind of where that's where my side at the beginning started, mm-hmm. and then we can get into more here later if you want. Well, I first I learned about Westside through uh, Don Dameron um, when I was training at a local gym in town. Um, he had a girlfriend, a stripper girlfriend, that trained at our gym, and he would come in on Friday nights, and uh, he left me some. He, let, he brought me some powerlifting USAs, you know, to show me what Westside was about. Let me read some articles. And then uh, he started helping me out with some training stuff, ideas and stuff I could do in the gym. Uh, went down, uh, did a meet with Matt Smith before Matt had came to Westside. And uh, Matt Smith kind of made me and Josh, we were kind of like enemies and didn't know it because <laughs> they hated each other. And before that because josh was training with bob and them and then matt was trying to bench i think you're both what trying to bench 500 trying to bench 500 circleville yeah, yeah and it was five. uh because i was training with matt you know but i knew josh i went to high school with him so it yeah. was like you know i was like i don't know why we don't like <laughs> each other but i guess i mean if, i guess i got to be against him because you're my teammate now you know what i mean <laughs> so it was um and then don uh, after i did a one meet uh, that I, I want a meet in high school uh, I did pretty good at that meet, and he said he wanted to take me somewhere, and he brought me up here on a Friday to Demerest, and I, I just I was just overwhelmed with how crazy it was. I mean, the intensity level in there was, um, it's it's undescribable, really. I mean, you're not gonna, you can talk about it, but unless you was in Demerest at one point and actually trained there and felt it, or just came and visited there and felt it. You can't describe like it was. It's nuts. It was absolutely it, for. And I was only like 18 years old, 17 years. Like I was 17, and I was just like completely overwhelmed. Like holy shit, this is insane. Did you just know when you walked in the door that this oh, was yeah. different? Oh yeah, it's I knew totally at breakfast. <laughs> yeah. When Don took me to breakfast, I knew at breakfast these dudes ain't fucking around. They yeah. wouldn't talk to each other. Yeah. They're eating intense. breakfast and none of them was speaking. I was like, this is nuts. Like, why are they not talking? <laughs> Don's like, crazy. yeah, we don't talk to each other. You know, he just, and then he took me over. We wa- I watched a workout, talked to Lou a little bit. He explained all the stuff, like about the board, how the board worked, what, what it took to get on there. Um, told me what everybody had lifted at, in that crew at that time. Um, I remember it was Dave Tate and uh, Eskel, Chuck, Don, Lou. There was a couple of uh, – Tom Waddle was still here at the time. And then I can't remember who else was there. Uh, Danny Blankenship was actually here. He was in high school. I think he was a high school kid then too. And, you know, he was like – I talked to Lou, and then uh, he asked if – you know, he, he basically had said, um, you know, told him – basically said I could work out if I wanted to, didn't, but I didn't bring anything with me to train because Don didn't tell me to. So I was like, oh, man. And I, I told him, I said, man, I don't know if I'm – if I'm ready for a place like this or not, this is a little much, you know? And uh, he hit me real hard in the leg and he, uh, he said, well, he said, I got a feeling about, it. I think you'll be back. I, I think, I do think you'll come back. And then like over the, you know, over the years, like Josh and Matt had their issues, like their battle going on. And then, uh, like he said, he come into the one gym we were, cause he was coming in to do speed work on a Sunday and me and a friend of mine from Kentucky that I trained with at the time, uh, we was in there benching. And then when I started, we started doing speed work with him. And then just one thing led to another. And then he decided he was going to do a push pull. Yeah, I was going because for the first year and a half I was at Westside, I was just a bench only guy. Okay. I was one of those guys, man. At first, you know. Yeah, he was going to do the push pull. So I got that first push pull, and he jumped in and started training with me. And uh, 
so we we put a training cycle together because I wasn't I was going up the west side majority of the time um, through the week uh, squat Fridays and things but there were some days I couldn't do because I just lived in Newark and I was going to school and just so so I, we worked out together there and we trained at a place in in Newark um, and then one thing led to another so I, I'm gonna tell I let him know that if he does well at this meet I'm gonna take him to west side uh, I'm gonna put my yeah. na- put my name out there. Um, it was the first time, you know, I, I, I'd asked anybody to go up there. I'd never asked Lou or nobody if I could bring anybody up. Um, so we go to that meet. <laughs> uh, he kicks ass down there. I go out, so I've been this bench-only guy for literally a year <laughs> and a half. So I go out there, my very first deadlift, we're, we're doing the same thing. Like, we're like Every Monday that. workout, yeah, he's, everything's he's good kicked on the my deadlifts. ass. Like, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm there's like, no way I'm beating He's going to outpull me like crazy is what I was thinking. Yeah, so this is a good story. So I get up there, and, oh, man, I'm doing an opening deadlift. And I'm like, hell, yeah, I'm going to go out here and rip this thing. Uh, I think it was supposed to be 585. It was. Just a, just the easy opener, get in the week, just to get in. Already benched, you know, doing that. So I got up there, and I grab hold of this son of a bitch, and I start pulling and pulling. And I'm thinking, holy shit. I said I will never hear the end if I don't if I miss my opening <laughs> deadlift. I might get kicked out of this gym. I pull that thing finally. They say down. Like, thank God. I look over at Bob Cohen and I'm like, I'm done. I mean, I ain't got nothing left in me. Well, the next guy goes up, doesn't even, doesn't even budge it off the floor. And we're like, what the hell? So they look out there saying he's pulling the same way I was supposed to open with. 70 pound misload. Yeah. So I ended up pulling 655, and it was supposed to be 585. <laughs> and I, I never even thought I could pull that, you know, at that time. And I, it was just a total misload. So I'm just like, oh, thank God. Now I, I can I can at least get a little bit of respect <laughs> from the rest of the guys at the gym. Because, yeah. man, if I'd have missed my opener at 585, I would have never heard the end, you know. But because I was just that, you know, you know the, the bench guy. And uh, I'm thinking, man, if I – but then we found out it was a 70-pound misload, which kind of – you know, a little sweat off the brow, you know. Well, because Tony Beach missed it right after yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And so. Sonny was it was training up here then, and then he was like, he, tra- he was Extra one of Tony's training partners, and he realized, he counted it up and realized it was misloaded. So then they asked Josh, they're like, you want to drop back down and repeat your opener, or do you want to take your 55? He's like, I'm out. I'm out. Cut that. I'm out. I'm out. So that was a funny, that was a, that was a real experience. And then I'll let Joe explain like what he did at that meet, you know, his, that first uh, meet we took him to and I helped him there. And, uh, well, I forgot know. my briefs. Yeah. Forgot my shoes. Oh yeah. It was, a um, what else did I forget? <laughs> that was pretty much, I know the my briefs, briefs and my, oh, my belt. I forgot my belt. Mm, yeah. I let everything, I had everything because he told me what I got to do is lay everything out on your couch and then put it like each lift, like lay, lay each lift out on the couch. So all everything you need for the squat, everything you need for the bench, everything you need for deadlifting, put all of that together in each thing on the couch. So I had three couch cushions, so I had it all sitting there. Well, I, <laughs> I left the belt, my my chucks, and my uh, my groove briefs. So I had to do my squat just in a suit because I didn't have any briefs. Nobody had anything down there. And uh, Mike Hill gave me a pair of chucks to squat in. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know Gritter found, and then Gritter found me a belt from somebody. I don't even know who that belt was belonged to. No idea. And I, and then all I know is I pulled 660. Yeah, he outpulled me. <laughs> I outpulled him by yep, five, five pounds because yeah, I had take, to get to yep. total 1950. Yep. And, and it was, was, I didn't even intend for it to be, but I don't even know who called it. it was, I don't even think it was. Grit was running his mouth to us because, uh, because I, I'd asked him before if he does well at this meet, I'm going to, See if he can come to West Side. Yeah. So they they all kind of knew, 
And I know they were busting his balls. Yeah, Gritter was on me. He, he was on him hard. And uh, I knew they were going to take him because he'd done, he'd done really well. Yeah. And, uh, but I knew how Grit and them guys um, would just get in your ear. I mean, God. It's uh, almost like they're trying to mentally break you to break, see what you yeah, can take. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Just and, to see if you're going to cave or not. And, and he did well. And like I said, then after that, we pretty much trained at Westside all the time yeah, from there on out. We were there nonstop. I was telling him earlier, like, we only benched at home because we had yeah. so many guys bench. Yeah. And a crew, the newer crew guys, we yeah. had so many guys benching. Yeah, that's, a, that's another story. I mean, we, I don't know if we want to get into yeah, that. Yeah, good. I mean, honestly, uh, there was three, you know, this is back when 700-pound benches was big. Yeah. And uh, there was only six up here at the time. Yeah. Five. And, five. Five, is that what it was? Yeah, when you and John, when you and yeah. Tim benched. So, I, so Tim benched seven. Tim Harold benched seven. I benched seven. And Joe benched seven. So we got three 700-pound benchers in this little crew from Newark, Ohio. Um, I know Lou used to call us the Newark boys or yeah. something. That's what we were known as. But, you know. We somehow figured, I mean, we did exactly everything. There was a couple things we didn't do quite the West Side. We changed a little bit, but, I mean, it's the only thing we knew. It's the only yeah. thing I knew. It was training mm-hmm. West. I mean, I had no idea how to train any other different than West Side. Yeah. And that, like, so anybody I helped or trained or helped, any, that's what they did. I mean, straight from the buildup, you know. So we had, you know, some people were coming to us from up here, coming from West Side down to us and training with us. Just to learn if there were secrets. We didn't have any secrets. Yeah. yeah. We just trained balls to the wall, man. I didn't know. I mean, you just load up a bunch of bands and chains, and that's yeah. kind of what we did. We we pushed each other. We hated each That's the thing nowadays. I don't know if it's like that. Well, we started using more shirts. I yeah. think that's what it was. We just started doing and, more shirts. And work. training partners. Dude, I wanted to kick his ass. Like, I literally would fight him. Like, I would be like, you son of a bitch. All my guys. <laughs> hit me a couple times. Yeah, like all these things. <laughs> we, we were going to fight. Like, honest to yeah. God, it was. But as soon as you're done working out, Dude, it's cool. Right. Yeah. All good. We yeah. go to dinner. Yeah. I mean, go not... grab a bite to eat afterwards. But during that hour and a half to two hours, it was it was on. I mean, it was talking shit. You know, Joe wasn't very good. I'm, I'm terrible at I'm pretty good at talking <laughs> yeah. a lot of trash, you know. But uh, he, I get so far and I want to punch yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we had Big Tim, that big old moose. You couldn't do anything with him at the time. You know, weighing damn near 460 pounds or whatever he was. He was just a 484 when we first He was just a big Westside. man. That's another funny story we could get into, how we met Tim Harold. Jeez. Yeah, I remember so, uh, seeing the uh, West Side tapes. Yeah. And he was the size of the monolith. Yeah. It was, oh, he's a monster. So Tim, yeah. so Tim comes to us, my brother-in-law, Jim Dannison, meets these two kids at the, the farm store because they're Tractor wanting to buy chains. He says, hey, my, my brother-in-law, you know, you tra- he, he trains at West Side, man. You didn't know what you're doing. So they come to Newark, and they start training with us. Tim was, I don't know, he, they were both just literally out of, him and Zach Cole were just out of high school. Yeah, like literally got out of high school. So, you know, I would come up here, train at 4 o'clock, drive back, train those guys at night, and then go home. And uh, so Tim, he's benching with us one day, and he says, I'm doing a, I'm doing a meet at the state fair. I'm like, no, oh, I said, I did a state fair. One Bob Cove made me do a state fair meet one time. They're not bad. Well, he goes. They can't weigh him in. Because he's so big. So they take, we take him to West. I don't care. No, this is before we even knew anything about it. Yeah. So he goes and does this meet, comes back, tells me benches. 500. Four, 500. Benches 500. And I'm like, you're full of shit, dude. I said, you can't <laughs> even bench 315 he got pounds. He got stapled to a three board the week before the state fair meet with 365. Yeah. We're like, there is no yeah. way you bench 500. Swear to God. So he breaks out this old school video the big camera. RCA. <laughs> yeah. Breaks it out, shows me it. And I'm like. 
holy hell, he did bench 500. I thought he was lying all day long to us. So, you know, so there, you know, so we can kind of go back. So over at Demarest, you know, uh, me and Joe, and we, we trained at 4 o'clock on Mondays, and then we benched, and then we he did, went in the morning crew squat, and I squatted at night. Um, but that's kind of how we got going there for a long time. And, you know, there was a lot of training partners I went through over there for years, man. There's, I mean, so when I first started, I hate how I keep jumping back oh, you're and forth. Good. I'm sorry. So the, the main bench was in front of the black window. So when I get up there, very first, you know, I'm up there the first time. We got Rob Fuzner, world record holder, George Howard, record holder, Kenny Patterson, record holder. Um, Jimmy Ritchie was in that group. Lou was in that group. And I'm like, son of a bitch, man. My goal of all time was just, I, I want to bench on that bench with those guys. That, that's all I wanted to do. If I could just get on that bench with those guys. Well, I'm up there for six or seven months. Lou asked me to come bench with him. Dude, I think I'm, I'm like, hell yeah. So we, so I'm, I get to finally bench with these guys. So Lou's like, I got an idea for you. So this is kind of when we first tried bands. I don't know if he wasn't used to somebody with my long arms or something. Because he's like, I don't know, we're going to experiment with these things. So the first time I take a bar out, I bust my freaking teeth out, you know. So, you know, whatever. So we get it all set back up. So I actually made that, that that I call it, the, I mean, very often you get to train with three world, world record holders at the same time. Yeah. And those guys were phenomenal. And I learned so much from uh, Kenny Patterson and just watching George Halbert and those guys. And I still use some of their training with guys I help now. Um but so uh, just that was the goal was to get on that to get on that bench. You know, I made that. I finally made that bench, and uh, it, it, it was like I don't know my Mount Rushmore type of thing. Like yeah. those guys were like the, the elite. So um, that that was really something. And then over time, um, you know, you know, then we had the four o'clock crew. And that's where I trained with Eskel and uh, Bob Coe and Grit. Those those guys were who I cut my teeth under. I mean. They, they broke me down. One thing I did find out when we first get the West Side back then, you couldn't show fear. It didn't matter if you knew you couldn't take that weight. You, you, you crawled under it. And if you didn't show a fight to it, you're out. Yeah. Um, you had to show that intensity that you had balls. I think why I stayed around so long, I was never one of the best, but I was always there to help. I always trained hard and always pushed people. Um but I was never scared of a weight. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think that's why I stuck around. Joe, on the other hand, you know, he was he was the top of the top. Um, me, I was teetered sometimes there, but I never uh, was up there at the top, top. So, Were you both in different crews or mixed in and out between morning and evening? Uh, we trained nighttime, Monday nights together because of my work. I couldn't yeah. get there in the mornings. And then I squatted on Friday mornings because I only worked Monday through uh, Thursday. And then... Once I, our our job schedule switched at work, and they switched us to a Tuesday to Friday schedule. So then I was squatting in so Monday nights and yeah. uh, Fridays with him at the end, right yeah. there when we came here. Yeah. But on Demarest, I was Monday nights and Friday mornings. Yeah. And then we benched together on at Wednesdays home and Sundays, Sundays in Newark. What was uh, what was Gritter like? <laughs> what was he like? Yeah. Want to hear a story? He made me puke the very first time yeah, I was here. My very first, first workout. Time. Had a kid in there, right? This. <sighs> This is a funny. So we got this young kid in there. I don't even know he's a visitor. Yeah. So, you know, Grit's running his jibs. And, you know, we all, he, just everybody's running their mouth, you know. Tells this kid he's got a Michigan shirt on. I don't know if you know Grit. He's a huge Ohio State, huge Ohio State fan. 
would actually rent a TV at the meets in a hotel so he could just have the high state game in the warm-up room. <laughs> so anyway, this kid keeps telling him to take off the Michigan shirt. This kid's just, you know, he's a young kid. He don't like it. I don't know. You know he's kind he of thinks Gritter's kidding. Yeah. He's like, I told you to take off that damn Michigan shirt. Kid doesn't do it. Goes up, and I don't think he really meant to do this. So he grabs the back of the shirt and kind of pulls on it, but the whole damn shirt just rips off. <laughs> pulls it right off. Pulls of it right off this kid. <laughs> and, you know, this kid's eyes is you yeah. know, enormous. And uh, <clears throat> so he's like, oh. So he made it up to him and gave him a West Side shirt. So I guess that was a good thing. But Grit, man, uh, he, he, was a, he motivated the hell out of us. I mean, um, like I said, him and Bob Coe, man, I, I – I have to give everything to those. I mean, Lou also, but, yeah. you know, those guys worked with me the most. So, you know, I give them ultimate respect. And, you know. Well, that first meet I did, the gritter come up behind me and he basically just told me flat out, you think you're going to come train at Westside, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to pull something. You better you better show me you got something or I don't want you nowhere in my fucking building. You know, basically yeah. telling them, telling me, that I'm a, you know, I'm like, okay, man, dude, I got, I'm going to give it a go. I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm not used to this, you know, cause I'm training at a local gym in town. And with him, I was used to, he, he was pretty intense to train with, Yeah. but you know, it was just different. You know, Gritter was a little, and then, so I pulled it and he goes, no, you didn't do too bad. Yeah. You know, kind of like, you know, you didn't do good, but you didn't do too bad. And then he, I said, well, I got to get 2000 to get my elite. And he goes, well, what class are you? And I said, well, I was, I weighed in at 237. I'm 242s. And he goes, well, at least not 2,000 because I worked with a guy that him and Gabe Ryder had like a huge rivalry and I always heard about Gabe and this 2,000 pound total they were chasing. So I thought that was the elite total. And he goes, he come over and he asked, he went and asked Chuck what elite was at 42s. He goes, it's 1890. He goes, he come back over, I totaled 1950 and he goes, you just totaled elite today. (laughs) I was like, really? I thought it was 2,000. He's like, why would you think that? I said, some guy I work with told me this, you know. But then we came the Monday, the very first Monday I came to Westside to work out. We did, I can't remember what we did, main exercise, something, no, probably was, something low box with yeah. a red bar. A gritter loved to no, do that. He, he, they tried to kill us. And I mean, then they tried to break us. We go out and drag sled in a parking lot and we're dragging. And I went, they told me to go first because I was the new guy. So I went and you drag down to the end of the parking lot and back. And I, you know, and it was, I don't know how it was, it was pretty decent. It wasn't, was not, yeah, it wasn't nothing, too bad. Nothing extreme. Not like and, uh, where you walk yeah. around the building or anything. Uh, we were going. We were supposed to do five trips. Well, I started, so everybody got done, and I started taking my belt off. And Gritter goes, "You got one more fucking trip." And I was like, oh, I, "I started. I'm done. I'm. I did five. And he goes, "Are you calling me a liar?" And he got right <laughs> in my face and started screaming at me. And I was like, "No, nah, dude, I'm good." I, I said, "I just thought I went first, so I thought he's like, you're done when I say you're done." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh." I got it, man. I strapped back up. I pulled it down. Everything, I mean, my body was dying. I mean, I literally felt like I was pulling on rubber bands. I get back to the thing. I remember going in, and I sat down on the bench by the window for like 30 seconds, and I was like, I'm going to puke. This is it. I'm going to throw up. So I leave the door, and I walk out past the pizza shop and down around the corner, and I'm leaning over the stairwell, these little railing by the stairway, and I'm blowing chunks over the side of this into this grass, and this crackhead that lived in these Smelly. apartments yeah. had came out of Hodges with a forty and, and a pack That's of cigarettes, true. and he comes over and he's like smacks me on the back. He's like, "Buddy, I've been there before. It's going to be okay. <laughs> You're going to be okay. You're going to make it." And I'm like, "I don't think you've been anywhere. I've been, but whatever, you know." And I go back in, and, and but I was, you know, I had still had to do hypers. I still had to do abs. I still had to. I was just throwing up like crazy just from the, and then we had to finish, and it was. 
And he basically told me, you don't finish, you're out. You don't come back. And I was like, oh, I mean, that's. Yeah, one thing that I noticed kind of when we moved over here, um, we're on Demarest. Everybody did it together. Yeah. It didn't matter. You didn't stop. Like if somebody else, that you did it. If it was, you know, hypers or uh, good mornings, you didn't pick and choose what you wanted to do. Yeah. You did what everybody else did. The group. And then whatever accessories, you all did the same accessories too. And there wasn't like, oh man, I, you know, sissy and getting out of stuff. I mean, you did it or you were out. Yeah. Um, I saw many guys get kicked out because they weren't at the gym at 8.30 on a Sunday morning. Really? They locked the door and boom, you, you weren't in there, you're out. For good or for that second? Out. out. Well, I yeah. shouldn't say, I saw guys out for good. I saw guys just get out a couple times. Um, so I was never, man, I was so petrified. I was like there 45 minutes. It'd be hung over as hell, but I'd still be <laughs> there because I ain't getting, you know, I'd earned that, I got there, you know. I'm like, I'm never going to lose this. And uh, uh, it was just, uh, and Demers, like I said, it was just in a different atmosphere. Um, just a different culture, I almost, you know? Well, one of the nights we always had the, we'd, our whole group would do the same thing and we'd split into teams. Yeah, it was and whoever, whoever lost, whatever team lost had to buy pizza yeah, from next door. Yeah. They'd pound on the door or pound on the wall and you know your pizza was done. Okay. Yeah, they smacked the wall. I'm Walk out, you go over and tell them what yeah. you want and they come by and then they'd the wipe the wall. Meatball subs. That was, that was what Ritter loved. And that's <laughs> he'd what, get a pizza with meatballs. Then he ended up paying for half the time. I mean, yeah. that's just what yeah. he did. He did. You know, we'd say, okay, Ritter would be like, I already paid for it, you know? Little cranky bastard he was. When uh when we had him and Bob in, he said he didn't care how strong you were, but he cared how hard you trained. Yep. Yeah. If he didn't think you were training as hard as you could, you were gone. Work ethic, yep. man. That's what yeah. you had to have. I mean, I can't tell you when I was first young, man. I know them guys tried to break. I legitimately tried to break me, and I'm like, sounds a bit. I ain't, you won't break me now. I might not be able to move for three days after this, yeah. but I tell you what, I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna break. What would they do? You know? What were some of the things they tried to do? Well, this is what this is. So Chuck, we were one day. I'll, I'll never forget this on a Wednesday. Um, I was up there benching with us because because I also benched in the morning there for some time yeah. on Wednesdays, and we were doing these. He, uh, what is it called? Where you lean on a bench and take All the dumbbells over. Dumb, yeah, the dumbbell pullovers to your chest. Yeah. And I remember he just literally legitimately made me go until I couldn't do anymore. And I mean, I had that similar bench dumbbell bouncing off my face and stuff. But I'm like, I'm not giving up. And he just keep. We got another set. Got another set. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't remember this, but I remember. And I'm, like, after that day, for some reason, I started getting a little more respect. And I don't know, because, I mean, I legitimately could not, I pull that, I mean, I'm like, this thing's going to break my damn nose because I'm going to drop it on my face. But I wasn't going to stop. Yeah. Um, so that, just those type of things. They would just push you and push you. And, uh, and it was kind of cool. Like, I love it now. Yeah. Because, you know, and... Guys I've helped and trained, I've pushed them the same way, you know. And I, I was really sick one time, and I'd had these kidney problems, and I was just got out of the hospital. And I remember coming up here on a Friday with Nick Showman, and I was just helping some of the glues, like, get over there and help those guys, you know. And I'm like, I'm all lean. I can't, you know, feel like shit. Well, just the way I trained. It was like Grit and Bob and them guys. And Lou, you know, I'm on these guys. I don't even know who they are. Yeah. You know, I'm, trying, I'm busting their balls, you know. And those guys were like, damn, man. They go over to Nick and they're like, man, that dude's intense as shit. I'm like, not really. I mean, that's just normal. Like, that yeah. was just, that's, that's just how we we came up. You know, it was just intensity. We could turn it off and turn it on when we needed to. Yeah. Um, you know, for that hour, I mean, mine started at 45. It took almost an hour to drive up here to each training. It would start as soon as I left my house. 
I start getting this mindset. Would you be nervous before you got in or amped up or how would you be? I didn't. Well, I wanted to win. I mean, that's what we all mm -hmm. did. Didn't matter. So that's the reason strong guys, stronger guys, weaker guys, we went by PR to PR. So it doesn't matter, you know, if a guy does, you know, a pin pull with 850 pounds and the next guy might only pull 700. We go in there and find out who's everybody's PRs and grit and them guys all knew. That's one thing I, I learned from them a long time ago. I started learning my PRs of all the guys I trained with. Like I, I would know what they're good at. So they couldn't pull no bullshit on you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we get in there and you you pull a deadlift or say you'd be pulling pin three. This guy over here might be, he might pull 200 pounds less than you, but he out PR'd you at that on that pin that day. He wins and he can run his mouth to you. You know? So um it used to piss us off. I mean, but you started getting that. I almost got like an anger, not a nervous the anger. Yeah. I wanted to go up there and just, and I know Joe was the same way. You just get so like, man, you just wound for sound, man. As soon as you come through that door, it was just, you turned it on. Yeah. You know, and it's like, as soon as you just, and you just kept putting a little bit of lighter fluid on it, you just turned it on and flared and flared and just got, got that emotion. Uh, you know, we were, I noticed a lot back then, a lot of emotion was involved. A lot of yeah. um, intensity and emotion was involved. I mean, you'd see guys, crying and, and i mean i can't tell you no it's as funny as by running those last few meets we did over there uh, man i seen fights in the warm-up room i'd see dudes knock the shit out of one another like in a warm-up room you're like what the f you know i'm like holy shit man yeah you know it just that that was the intensity that was the fight you know and that, that i don't know if that's i know guys are just as intense now as they were back then it's just I don't know. You just don't see it as much. I don't know. Was it was because it meant so much to be there or be, that was, you just didn't want to let yourself down in front of the people. What was, what gave you that drive? Oh, well, I, I mean, for me, it was getting, just getting there personally. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, once I knew the history, like what Westside was really about, once I actually learned about it a little bit and then, uh, actually getting to go there and like understanding the, you know, what it represents to be in there you know yeah. it's just it, it i don't know it's almost it was almost like being in a gang yeah. you know honestly it was when you, when you walk in a meet man when we first walk in and meet man you know we're big as shit man and they'd see the west side logo t-shirts on or the coats yeah and you just see people like oh shit let me get out of their way man oh, shit. you know we'll get, you walked in as a gang boom i mean you just rolled in it was like hell's angels i remember chuck yeah. fought in a tough man thing out in newark uh, a fighting thing one time and we were still on demers and he it was like i think it was early wpo and uh i had we was in there working out and yeah he was him and uh i think him and jill was trying to have a have a baby at the time or something like that and he was he wasn't training as hard and he was you know down a little bit in size and he was talking he'd been doing a lot of fighting stuff and i was talking about these fights we were going to go watch and he's like where are these at and i told him and he goes uh you think i could get in them and i said well they're tomorrow so i don't know so at the time back then you know you don't have like the texting and stuff i had yeah. a flip phone <laughs> so i called the lady that owned our gym her boyfriend was the one putting them on i called her and i asked her if she thought she could get a hold of mark and see if he could do these and uh he called me back and he was like, well, he's got to be here to weigh in today by two o'clock. I can't have him weigh in any time after that. I got to be done by two o'clock. And I was like, I told Chuck, he goes, I'll be there. So he followed me home from the gym that day and we went and weighed him in. And then he did. But when he, uh, the next night on the Saturday night of the fights, like everybody from Westside came to watch Chuck fight. Yeah. 
And it was like Big Mike and Rob, Kenny, twenty or twenty-five people. Yeah, Kenny Patterson was still here at the time, and he and he was. I mean, they all come in with the coats on, and they were standing across the back room of this armory, just wearing Westside barbell. Like it was, it was like so intimidating. Yeah, you know, and like I knew all these people now, so I was just like, "Oh, this is hilarious." Yeah, you know, it was very intimidating. You know, I think a lot like for us, you didn't want to let your training partners down. You know, you're in there pushing each other. I mean. You hang out with your training partners more than you do your own family majority of the time, yeah. you know? And I didn't want to let those guys down, man. They're in there busting their balls with me, you know? And even if you weren't getting ready for a meet, say you had – because we always kind of did different meets so we could go help each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and Grit was always there to help and Bob was there to help. And they, you know, all the guys were there to help. Um, but you didn't want to let those guys down, man, you know? And – yeah, you, know, you just you, you train so damn hard all the time, and it was guts. You know, you just put so much into it, and that, I I never want to let those guys down. I never mm-hmm. wanted to let the name Westside down, but I, you know, the guys that you train with, man, that's that's who the hell you know, they're in there, they're in there with you, man. They're, they're busting their balls too, and you know, like I said, we some of us weren't doing the same meets at the time, so you had to be on your game. You're pushed to, so I'd have to push Joe, man. I might not be getting ready for anything, but you know, me and him were bang bang on the bench. You know, I had to push him. And it was, I felt it was my responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was it was my job. You know, I'm not getting ready for anything. I got to push him, you know, or any other guy. If they're getting ready for me, man, I got to push that dude. You know, I'm not. I'm a shitty training partner if I'm not pushing this dude to get higher. Yeah. You know, if he's down here, man, what good am I? I'm, an, I'm another. You know, nowadays it's how many likes you get, or you know, I'm there for that guy that I'm working out with. You know, you're from the fight game. I'm sure it's the same way a lot mm-hmm. in that, man. If a guy's in there just training half-ass with a guy, he's not making that fighter any better. You know, as, as a lifter, if, I, if I'm not pushing myself to try to push him, what good am I as a partner? I, I'm no good, man. You know? um, well, like I know for me, like, and I know anybody, they can, they may not want to, but you always wanted to get Lou to be impressed. Mm-hmm. No matter what you were doing, yep. you wanted to get his, you know, that approval from him that you did something that, you know, that, and it was always like, and he's never going to give it to you yeah. ever, you know, because he knew the first time he did, then you're going to, then you're going to go backwards. That, that was the thing. There was no compliments. Never. Was, at least when I was there, there was no compliment. There was no, Hey, you might get a good job once in a while. Like, yeah, you got, you got more in the tank. That's what you usually got. Hey man, that, that was decent, but man, you, you got more in Lynn. Yeah. You know, um, the only couple compliments I remember getting is when I bench 700, because Lou told me something because he gave out money for the first 700 for and 700. I, and I like got yeah. in there and mm-hmm. on that. And then when I squatted 900, Chuck came up and said, good squat. That That's the only compliments I pretty much got. <laughs> and uh, I was cool with that. Yeah. That, I'm, I'm good with that. that I mean, I, I don't – if you're in this sport, you don't need somebody patting you on the back all the time. Hey, good job, man. Good job, man, all the time. You're weak. If I, if I got to have a guy sit there and tell you – you know, if I got to sit there and tell Joe all the time, like, dude, that was, you're looking strong today, brother. I told him about it, my 405 and a oh, warm up. Yeah. I did do that one time with him. <laughs> that was, that was the metal. I was yeah. just like, oh my God, I'm, there's no way I'm benching anything today. That was the heaviest thing. And he's like, dude, look good. Look good. Yeah. Sometimes you, that's what you got to do as a partner. You got to like. Well, Bob Coe uh, was the mastermind at that. Yeah. Like he was, he well, he'd make get, you feel yeah. like he could lift anything. Yeah, he get Yeah, man. What was some of the things he would do to get you going? He would get my head just like. I never forget this one time. My grandpa just passed away, and uh, I forget what I was. I don't even remember now. But he got in my ear and he goes, "You know, your grandpa's looking at you right now." 
you don't want to fail that. Do you want to fail him? You know, and I'm like, motherfucker. I got tears and shit in my oh, eyes. I'm like, yeah. shit, man, I'm going out here. You know, I don't even think it was about deadlift. I think I needed a deadlift or something to get what I wanted to total. And uh, he would just get up in your ear, you know. And, uh, he was just a good motivator. I mean, he just always he always looked out for his, the guys that, that – that he wanted to work work with them. Yeah. yeah. Over what I did say, I would say that you could tell the guys that were invested in you because they would talk to you. They would help you. You know, after so long, if somebody wasn't talking to you, they're done with you, man. They, you, you're old news to them. So because he got me at the APF seniors, he, I was going up against um, Travis Mash. Travis Mash had just uh, beat Chuck at 220 at the Arnold, and then he had. Uh, Posted some stuff because back then it wasn't really social media. I don't yeah. even know what it was online, but because I didn't really, now, I've never well, been in powerlifting USA was a big thing. You waited yeah. once a year, once yeah. a year you'd for your see, top one hundred. See the top hundred come out in your weight class, man. That's but all he you had waited said, for. Yeah. He had said something in an article about how he took over the two uh, twenties and dominated that, and he's going to move up to forty two, and there ain't nobody in the world going to touch him, and all this, and made this big spectacle about this, and. uh I had no clue that any of this went on because I don't get on the internet. So I, I never, you know, and all I remember is Chuck kept telling me, training for the APF seniors, is you got to take him out. You got to take him out. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm going to, you know, yeah. I'm like, I get it. I mean, I'm going to try to beat him. Yeah. And he's like, no, you got to destroy him. And I was like, I don't, I mean, what do you, I, mean, I, could, I didn't really understand what he meant by this. But then when we got to the meet and we started warming up and the intensity because we're warming up all together because yeah. we're lifting in the same thing, then it hit me, you know, like, like he took one of our guys out. Now yeah. I now it's my turn, you know. So the rest of the day was just like Chuck had explained to me one time before, like you got to find one guy when you're at a meet and you just got to make him your enemy for the day. You have to. He has to be, and it'll it'll drive you all day long. And, you know, I realized right then and there because Chuck just kept talking to me and kept talking to me. And when we uh, – he ended up out squatting me a little bit, and then uh, I outbenched him by a little bit, so it kind of evened us out, and then it was going to come down to the deadlifts. And he looked a little more gassed than I was. And But Bob Coe, he he come over because I, I, I would never sit down when I pulled. I'd always pace. Mm -hmm. I was always a pacer. I never could sit down because I always get really – uh, I get very emotional when I pull, and I'm very over the top, animated. Something and it causes me to get hurt, which I've learned to calm down a little bit. But uh, he was at the time, all of his, all of Mash's guys had left him to go like to the casino or whatever, so he had no help. And um, Dave Tate, we were both sponsored by, we were both lifting under Elite, we were both using metal and stuff, and Dave was sponsoring all of our gear, my gear, his gear, um, and he. Uh, Dave was helping him, you know, up by this, uh, up by the chalk box, and he's sitting up there. And Bob come back, and he goes, "Look at these motherfuckers." Dave's a West Side guy, and now he's turned on you, and he's helping Travis. He's helping the enemy try to. Now he's trying to help him beat you. And I mean, everything he's saying, it appears to be true because here's yeah. this. This is actually happening. And I'm like, man, fuck that. I'm like, why would Dave do that? Why would Dave turn his back on me like that? He's a West Side guy, and he's like. Yeah, I mean, he's, and he's helping the guy that, you know, we're here to take out because he took Chuck out and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm sweating right now talking about it, literally. And he uh, he had me so fired up that I walked up to take my opener because I opened at uh, 766 and he opened at 771. So he was going to pull after me. 
and or I opened a 738, and he opened a 751 is what it was. And I'm chalking my hands, and I'm just staring at him in this chair, and he won't look at me. And I mean, I'm looking at him in this chair, and I'm like, man, you want to talk shit about me, motherfucker? You better look me in the face. And I mean, I'm getting pissed. And Bob's like, you know, just giving me enough. And I go out, and I rip my opener, and I go back, and I, I'm pacing around matter and matter, and he gives me a little more, gets me so fired up. I go up. Well, then uh, – I was going to jump from 38 to right to 804. I was, I was, my, I was there to pull 800. And Todd Brock actually was like, what are you doing? He's like, no, you're going to pull this. You're going to pull 66 because you're going to make him have to pull 90 something, 96 or whatever it was in kilos because he ain't got it in him. And then he's going to lose to you at this meet. And then you can try to pull 804. I was like, I'm going to pull 804 right now and just bury his ass. He goes, no, you're going to do this because this is, this is how you play the game. You know, the numbers is what we're here to get and mm -hmm. we're going to beat him. And then you're going to PR and then you're going to, you know, so I took 66. I pull it just as easy as I did my opener. I'm even madder than I was the first time. And then uh, I, he got me so mad for 804, I pulled my hamstring. But, like, I mean, I literally almost tried to fight Travis at the chalk bowl. Yeah. There was. Like, I was calling him out at the yeah. chalk bowl. Like, you know, and then I pulled my hamstring and I'm in the back trying to get this deadlift suit off. And here's this guy. He's helping me get my suit off. <laughs> And then we're talking after the meeting, and then Bob and I told him, I said, well, dude, why would you talk shit about me? You know, like I'm getting like, and I'm, I'm heated with him a little yeah. bit. And Bob's like, that's it. I, he got west-sided today. You know, Bob, I'm like, what? It was. And Bob goes, it's just mind games, Joe. It's just, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. Well, I can tell you, when I was young, you know, when I was young and I was over there, there was these guys talking shit about Lou when he was going out there to squat. I'm sitting up there with Dom Dameron and a couple other guys, and, uh, Don Dameron says, stand up, big boy. I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on. He goes, just, just stand up. So, you know, Don stands up. I stand up. I see he starts mouthing this guy. So I'm like, I just do the whole stare down thing, you know. And one thing about being tall, you know, like six, six, you just kind of look up. And, boy, them guys shut their mouth about, about Lou instantly, man. I was like, damn, hell yeah. You know, I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. After that, I was like, ah, that's, you know, I've got the West Side stuff on. And. You know, back then it was a lot harder to get T-shirts and things. Yeah. So, you know, you'll hear the old guy, you know, I guess I'm kind of one of those old guys too, you know. Had to earn that shit. Yeah. Had to earn it. Had to earn anything that said Westside on it, you know. Um, There's a story where um, a Westside shirt ended up at a Goodwill store, and a kid got it. I'm not sure who it was, but saw him wearing it, and he stopped the car and took it off the kid. Yeah. And said so you could, at that time you had to earn that. That I shirt. believe that. I mean, that's yeah, just uh, that that's probably Don. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, well, there's a lot. That's something I mean, would do. Uh, man, I mean, I, I tell you how intense it was sometimes. So Jimmy Ritchie, uh, he, dude, scared me at first. You know, for some reason, like I don't know, God, was a young kid or I don't know. He's he was great to me, and uh, so I'm going out to bench 600. He hadn't benched 600 yet. There was this whole race. There was a whole group of us trying to bench 600 yeah. at the time. I go out there. He's all jacked up, screaming, getting on me, getting me fired up. Boom! Smacks me upside the head. Oh, shit. All right. Fuck, I'm going out. I mean, I'm going nuts. I go out there. Don't remember shit. I'm like, I jump up. I'm like, man, I bench that shit. They're like, dude, you went out to, you went to sleep. He literally almost knocked me out. I don't even know how I got to the bench. I don't even know how I got under the thing. I didn't even. And he's like, damn, man, I thought you had that. And, you know, a couple weeks later, he's like, you know why I didn't want you to bench that 600, right? 
because <laughs> I wanted to bench you before you. I was like, you son of a – but I didn't want to say that because I was like, man, I don't know if I want my ass whipped. But, uh, yeah, so that was just kind of some of the stuff that, you know, Did those you guys- stories were good. You know, those, those – you know, I know these, you know, they're stories, but they're real. I mean, yeah. people, when I tell some stories, they're like, ain't no way that stuff. I'm like, dude, yeah, I saw a dude legitimately in the middle of doing our speed work, get up, go over and knock a dude out, get back in the bench, never miss the rotation of it. Legitimately, that's God's honest truth because it was over a bench shirt. I'm like, damn. I'm he like, didn't bring his bench shirt back. Because he didn't bring his bench shirt back. And boom, not just. I'm the dude had torn a tricep and had surgery. Yeah. He had torn a tricep and had surgery, but he forgot to bring yeah. the bench shirt back to the gym. Yeah. He just goes over, boom, comes back. So over because my, he didn't bring it in, he's in a sling and gets knocked out cold. Yeah. <laughs> Starts talking trash. And I'm like, dude, uh, you know, we're in the middle of things. And he. I won't drop names, but they hear some talking, and yeah. he just gets up from the bench, like in the middle. Of it, I'm like, just you know, because we go in this. There was no rest when speed bench, and it was like one after another. You didn't stop, and he just walked over, boom, knock, knock the dude out, comes back over, lays down, does a set with us. And I'm like, no, well, but damn, that so happened. That just that just went down. So, yeah, there was a lot of that stuff. I mean, intense. Yeah, I I have I have my moment. You know kind of embarrassing but you know me and zach cole got into it in here one time so you know that was that's in that that's in the book i think yeah yeah yeah, of all things lou remembers that one so yeah he slapped the snot right out of him who was there uh anyone who was more intense than others was there anyone who like led the charge of intensity that you had to live up to oh there was chuck i mean chuck was was... i mean that's what everybody i mean that's just whatever i don't know i just think everybody had it back then i I don't know i i feel like Chuck was a different level for yeah. sure. And I, I mean, I, you know, because I trained with him so much, I, I think it it, it kind of made me more that way than, you know, but I never really understood how to control it. Yeah. You know, I would get a little too over too the top up, with yeah. it. Yeah, you get a little wound. Like I can, I've gotten, like I've gotten, I got really good at learning how to turn it on and turn it off. But, you know, like, like I can be training now and, you know, just for a couple sets, flip the switch and be, and then be back to normal quick. But yeah. you know, it's, it comes with eight. But I, I just think like I, I was said, so I, young that Chuck yeah. was just so crazy. You learn like we, we, like us. We were young when we started over here. You know, I was nineteen. You probably came here when you're twenty. In my twenties. You know, it's, it's just it's a learned it's a learned thing. You just you see these dudes and you just that's what you did. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't have anybody. You know, teach. Well, me. And the you thing is now, this, like, do this. It was just. You saw these guys doing it, and then all of a sudden, you just, it just you did it. Like, it just it was ingrained in you, I guess. I don't know. And uh, Like, guys I trained with and have trained with, it, it, after being here, it was – like, when we was up, when we had, like, Tim and Zach yeah. and stuff like that, we could we, – we they followed because yeah. they were younger. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it was like we could keep up that, that yeah. intensity then. But nowadays, like, guys I train with, like, currently or whatever, you know – so they different. just don't have the same push. Yeah. I mean, it's just not. And, uh, and, uh, and that might be some of our – I can't train like I used to. I know that for a fact. Um, I think it's just the culture you're in, too. Yeah. You know, you just – that those guys, you know, like I came in with those older guys, you know. So I learned that. Well, everybody so, has feelings was, now. Yeah. Then he did it. You know, he came along and he saw all of that. You know, it's just yeah. a kind of a – it's our, I think we all have it. It's just can you bring it out, you know. And now it's just like – you know, everybody gets their feelings hurt. And yeah, blah, everybody blah, blah, has. Blah. And man, if you'd have been like that, you know, when I was over 20 um, some years ago, I'd have got the shit knocked out of me if I'd have came in. Man, wait, don't say that to me, man. You, that, that hurts my feelings. Somebody would have been like, bah, 
you know, yeah. or you're gone, you're out. If you didn't brought up that, oh man, that hurt my, you'd be gone. Well, I see, and I think like social you're, media, you're, you're, it, you're gone. Like you would be gone. Like see you later. I mean, we yeah. we had time with it. That is one thing. Like we talked about one time when we came over West Side, Lou was really still in the building lifters, building, yeah. building, 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 and uh, starting young and teaching how this stuff works. You know, that first year I came over and didn't talk. I mean, I kept my mouth shut. You know, I, I learned from everybody. I just went and watched and took it all in. Mm-hmm. And then after that first year, then I started talking to Lou and asking some questions. And, you know, and, and, and he would, you know, you know, Lou, you know, you get him talking, dude, he'll talk your ear off and, and it will give you all this information. I remember the old phone over there. People would call Old West Side. Lou'd stay over there on the damn phone for 45 minutes just talking to Joe Blow. God knows. Because you could just, back then, he'd call like, I don't know. It was a 614 yeah. number. Yeah. It was in Power Just call yeah. that. That was to the gym. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Another funny story is, I don't know if everybody's told you this. So <laughs> I'm in there one time. I said, oh, God. So Chris's like, hey, somebody's on the phone for you. I'm like, what the hell? I get on there. I'm like, who would be calling me? So I'm like, yeah. You guys say, you big muscular guy? Like, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what to say. And then they go in this thing, Sticky Fingers Productions. It was an adult porn industry. They would call <laughs> to get guys to be in the adult shoots. And I'm like holding the phone. I'm like, oh, my God, is this for real? And Chris like, <laughs> they got you. And I'm like, but it was legit. Like, it was legit. It was a legit thing out of Columbus. It was called Sticky Fingers Productions. And they would call in there because you could just find, and they just call these random things. And I remember, you know, I'm super young, naive. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and they're just laughing because I guess they used to call there often. I don't, I never answered the phone, man. I'm like, fuck that, man. I ain't, I'm not touching that phone. I'm not getting my <laughs> See, what cracks me up is, like, the back when I very first started at Westside, you wasn't allowed to have any cameras or anything in yeah, the gym. Yeah, nothing. And what, what I'm trying to figure out, like, is, like, there's all these pictures from Demarest Road, Damn. and I want to know where they came from. We, because I've never I, – I trained there for three yeah. years and never seen a camera. That's one But thing. there's pictures of, like, us training and stuff. I meant to bring that stuff up. I got a bunch of pictures from the old – all the old guys left. Oh, wow. And videos, and I was gonna. I meant that'd to bring those over here. Uh, Digitize that'd be huge because that's and, where. And I'm gonna want, give me about a week or so because I'm gonna yeah. make sure I get all of them. You know, and they're just old. You know, pictures, and I got videos of. Um, I got some of old Lou's lift pictures, uh, lifting, and I don't know who's all on some of these tapes. I mean, it was you know because Lou told us there was no pictures, and then one day Doris comes up with three Nike shoe boxes. Yeah, for, um, yeah, really. For, and uh, I think it some must have for been. her, yeah. some are from, um, I think Bobco's dad may have took some. Mm, um, and then from, uh, I think Eskel took, I think Eskel took a bunch. Uh, but they're all. God, that guy get on my last nerve. Yeah, yeah. Every podcast, Eskel, if you're listening, you have annoyed everyone so far. Yeah, yeah. There has been one non-Eskel story. I, I love Eskel. I mean, I really did. Yeah. Like, he was a great guy. He really was. Great training partner. He was everything. Man, he just. Man, I boy, he'd fire him. He'd just get him. I don't know what it was about him. He could talk shit. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he was a good shit talker for sure. Yeah. And then he just because like I that. never took any pictures or anything. Like I at one point in time I laugh about this. I fa- I finally found a piece of the chalkboard that had my name on it Man, in the West Side versus the World movie. But I never like I was in three spots of that board at one point and never took a picture of it. Yeah. I, I took I my the first one I took off was Chuck's total I, he had uh, 2176 and i did 2200 at the nationals and but lou one of my very first visit here had explained to me how important that board was yep, and yep. like 
you know, there's the sign above the board that says, you know, for people not the little sign he had written yeah. about, you know, about the fucking geeks and not touching yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, so I went like three weeks and I never put my name on the board. And uh, I remember Chuck coming in on a Friday and he's like, dude, when are you going to change your name? When are you going to put your stuff yeah. on the board? And at that time, you know, Chuck was the man, you know, he was the guy that everybody was, you know, he was basically what you would picture Westside Barbell to be yeah. like as mm -hmm. a, a monster like him. And I was like, I said, well, I don't think we're supposed to touch the board. And he goes, well, you earned a spot. So you get to put your name on there. New Chuck. And I was like, oh, okay. And I said, but uh, I said, well, and honestly, I mean, I don't know. I said, you, you seem kind of like you're like the icon here and I don't really want to step on any toes. So, and he's like, nah, dude, you gotta, you took me out. You have to put your name up there because then I get to come after you. And I was like, all right. And I said, well, how do we, like, what do you do? And he come over, he handed me a piece, a paper towel and a piece of chalk. He said, you just change it. I was like, he said, you get your name on that board. You got to put your name up there. So then, and then I took his name. And then the next one I took off was, uh, I took lose 920. Mm -hmm. I squatted 931 in Chicago and took that off. And the only thing, he never said, hey, good job, nothing. He's like, it's about fucking time. That's yeah. all he said. <laughs> I'm glad somebody finally took that name off there. That's ridiculous. You know, I'm like, I've been trying to take it off there for six or like almost a year. What are you talking about? And then I had uh, the bench. I had took Kenny's name off when I benched at the APF Seniors. He had 701. I benched 705 at the Seniors. and But I never had any pictures of it. Like, I never had any. So I can tell you I was on the board. Yeah. That's three big names to take off the board, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, at that time, it was huge for me. It was like, yeah. it was you know. It was time. It was very competitive then. We were, it was, everybody was very, like, it didn't, everybody was competitive. Well, because I'd be, when I beat Travis at the APF Seniors, Chuck was, like, just wound up. Like, he was ready to, like, you know, he was super excited about that. And then Travis never competed again. Yeah. He went to do an Olympic lifting or something. Yeah. He never, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of like. Well, why would he leave? Why would he just leave the sport like that? You know, just. What was more fun, going to meets or training in the gym? For training at the gym. Yeah. Was I remember when we was all in. What was that? The meet in New York. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like Lake George or something. Yeah, it was yeah. like yeah, at that time. Greg was here. Yeah, there was. Uh, Winning was here. Uh, were, Zach was Zach. Did, Zach did the meet. Did Zach did do, Zach do that? I think so. I think and then I did it. But there was a whole handful of us that had trained together, and like because there were so many of us doing the same flight, it was almost like we were doing a workout at home, you know. And the European judge guys that were doing the, they yeah. did not like the fact that we were in each other, like we were talking shit to each other, and I getting in, like we were almost getting in fights and oh, stuff almost, with each yeah, other multiple times at the meet because yeah. it felt like a training session for us, you know. And we're just like, There's you know, fuck of, you, mother, you know. And yeah. It was just. Back and forth, back and forth, That's, and it was. But that, that was how it was when you trained. Yeah. You know, you know, the they meets out, you got talking as much like trash. That. You know, when you, you know, when when you're like I said, the meets there wasn't much trash talking, but you know, at, in the gym, man, there's shit all day bad. long. I mean, uh, I, I wish I it'd be fun. I mean, I understand why people video stuff now. It'd be fun. Yeah. I'd love to see some. Of, I got some of us or, or benching video stuff that we did in Newark. You know, I just turn a video camera on and video that stuff, but. I'd like to, you know, it'd been cool to keep some of that stuff just to yeah. see, you know, now uh, a lot of our stuff because, I mean, it, we were doing some, you know, big weights. I guess the most important part was you were there. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing that a lot of people never understand or feel. It, it's a uh, you, you can't 
you can't. Like I, I've tried to tell people, you know, people always ask, oh, man, did you train at Westside, blah, 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 you know? Yeah, I did, yeah. What was it like, you know? Well, it, you had to be there. I, I can't compare it to anything else. Like me and him, you know, even when we trained together at a couple other gyms after we left here, it, it still wasn't the same. No. And it wasn't remotely the same. You walked into that gym and it was like, even here, you know, at this gym too, it was, I don't even know what you call it. Like, it was just, you were, you were very privileged to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, all those years I trained here, never paid a dime. You know, Lou took care of all that stuff and did all that stuff. So you felt like you owed him, first of all. You know, he let you train in his gym. So, you know, it was a respect thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I can say is when we were there, I think we were still a very close team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very close. Everyone was still, even though they had the morning and the night crew, you still helped each other at the meets. Mm-hmm. What I saw coming toward the, when I was leaving here and when I've, you know, we've put on meets, you, know, you guys have come mm-hmm. down to those meets in Newark. They're what, they're always like, I'm like, who's helping you guys? I don't know, man. I hope somebody shows up to help. That was one thing that us guys, the Newark guys and, and Gritter and them, we always made sure we went to meets that we could help each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, he did a meet in New York the following week. I did a meet in New York, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, so you, you can't be worth a damn if you ain't got people going to help you at yeah. the meets. I can tell you that, you know, you're used to your handout guy. They know how to handle you. I only like Joe really only being around me when I lifted. Um, you just get used to certain people. You know, I, I, Gritter and Bob, those guys, I like those guys always to be around me. You know, I didn't want no geeks around me, man. I, I, you didn't want those guys. They don't train with you. They don't know what you're doing. I don't need some guy sitting over there telling me what I'm doing wrong that's never seen me train. Mm-hmm. Okay? Joe could pick something out. Like, dude, all you got to do is lift your head up out of the bottom. Okay, that's what I'm going to do, come out of the bottom. He trained with me. He knew exactly what he was looking for. When I worked with Joe, I knew exactly what he was doing. You know, mm-hmm. He needed to get his head up a little bit when he pulled a deadlift. Or pull himself down a little further, you know. That's what he just needed to do, and boom, it popped out. You know, um, we were all coaches over here. You know, yeah. we all helped one another. And, you know, even when me and Joe have helped several guys over the years. I mean, dang on, we've helped many guys. You know, he would see something in them, I'd see something in them, and tell them little things. Mm-hmm. You know, focus on this. You know, push your knees out a little harder. Whatever the little cues. Yeah. You know, that's what I've noticed with online stuff. You can coach it, but when you're there, it's like a football coach. A football coach can't coach, you know, from an iPad. He's got to be right there on the field mm-hmm. and do, calling that. That's somehow the coaches now, you know, they got to be there. You know, the lifter's out there doing what he needs to be doing, but you might just see something. He's just off just that little bit, and you got to figure out what to, what's he doing wrong, okay? Is his knees coming at the bottom? Is you know when he's benching, his elbows popping out, or, you know little yeah. things like that. And that that was one thing that me and Joe we were, we were we could see these lifters and help those guys. And you know, like I said, we took Tim, mm-hmm. we took Tim and Zach. You know, uh, I don't know what what Zach squat ten fifty ten fifty ten fifty. Jeez, Tim squatted a yeah. grand. He squatted a grand. You know, um, and you know th- th- those were just local guys. That's what. When I was at West Side, it was local people, man. It was like yep. local, like okay, Newark, we're an hour away, but it was local. It was local guys, uh, and we built everybody built each other up. And that's what I seem um, you tested out strength of character first, and if you could last 
then the strength will come with it. Mm-hmm. Then it got to a point where everyone was so strong and then people who came in who developed strength somewhere else. So they might be strong, but they didn't have that character. Exactly. And yeah. that You're seemed right. to have a lot of conflict. Yes. And uh, For me, they did a lot. Because you didn't like earn your dues. You didn't, you just, just because you're strong doesn't mean you're strong for the gym. Well, I came up here one day on a Friday morning. I'd taken a day off work. I came up. I wanted to buy some bands and stuff because I started helping my kids and stuff, training my kids in my basement, and I needed some stuff. And I come up here, and I always try to sneak up once in a while just to say hi to him. And, you know, because, I mean, the you know, like I always say, like I have, like, you know, you know, you're never going to replace your dad, number one. It's never going to happen. But, like, you know, my dad was like a uh, – he's a minister. You know, he's uh, he's a pastor of a church. So it was like having a devil and an angel all the time with me. You know, you got the, the west side side of me, and then you got my dad's side of me. So I always had Lou and my dad all the yeah. time. And that's probably the two most influential men I've ever had as, a you know, growing up from a kid to an adult. And, you know, my wife always says, you know, she she always laughs and was like, wonders how different of a person I would be if I would have never came to Westside. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, because, you know, I mean, literally for what, 14 years, we never would go, we was not allowed to go on a vacation yeah. because you. I wasn't missing workouts. Yeah. Uh, if we did go on vacation, it had to be right after a meet because I was going to always take a week off to yeah. rest. So you had to plan it for right after that. Don't, you know, just if they're training for a meet, I got to help them train. There's no so for 14 years of my life we never planned vacations we never you know and I got a lot of kids so you know yeah. you got a lot of stuff going on but uh, you know I always laugh because people are just you know they don't understand what it like back then what you had to dedicate yourself to be here like it yeah. was no you know there was just no rhyme or reason to you know why you would miss workouts like Lou used to get pissed at me because in the summertime like <laughs> I'd always like yeah. chill out like I'd always take a I'd work out I train hard. But I hate lifting in the summer. I hate doing meets in the summertime. So like fall, like cooler months for me was like, I just like, and then, you know, and I, I could never understand why he'd get mad at me because he drag race cars and I drag race motorcycles. So he would get so mad at me about my motorcycle all the time. I'm like, look, your car is way faster than my bike. Like, why are you <laughs> mad at me about this? You can die on that damn motorcycle is what he tell me. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it just is so, it just it's uh, a different. Lou was a great training partner too. I mean, well, what was that yeah, like? That, that was I, I. I missed training. I mean, he was intense as shit. I mean, he loved to run his mouth nonstop at you. Oh was, yeah, he would talk. Which is awesome. Shit. I mean, I, I, I think I learned some of my shit talk from him. So, yeah. Um, but you know, I never squatted with him. I benched. Uh, we benched together. Um, but he was always pushing me. You know, and, and that's I, I. He, he just would find that part in you, and he would push you on that. And I think he would try to break you. Yeah. Man, but he was a he was a good guy. I mean, good training. He was partner. my first squat partner. Like yeah. I, when I came up here, he was my him and Stafford were my first group. Yeah. And I remember I, and I we were we were both getting ready. We were me and John was supposed to be doing the uh it was Dave's IPA meet. And we were supposed to be getting ready for it. And for whatever reason, John had some second thoughts about, you know, his his blood pressure was a little high and oh, he yeah. was stressing out and he Chester. was just, you know, he was he was worked up about it, so he decided he wasn't doing the meet. But he he couldn't tell Lou he wasn't doing the meet, so he just didn't come to work out. He just didn't come to the gym. And Lou and I remember we were supposed to be doing, uh, we were starting week one of Circuit Max, and that was and we were getting rated, and we were doing our first week of the blue green bands, and this 
wave. And Lou was so pissed that John didn't come. And I knew Lou was hurt. His, his shoulder was hurting him at that point yeah. is when he first hurt his shoulder. Once he started and up. he was so mad that, and I, and I, so I'd already ran it by Chuck because they were doing the same meet. If I could just be the fourth guy and just train with them, because I knew there's no way Lou physically is going to be able to push himself. You know, he's going to get hurt is what's going to happen. And, you know, he was already like, you know, not backing out of workouts, but, you know, you could just tell he, something in his arm was not right. He yeah. couldn't hold the bar right. He was like half passing out and stuff. And we're like, what the fuck going on? Yeah. You know, like he racked the bar the one time and he just like just flopped back down to the box. Like he, and he was, and he knocked himself out. Like he was out cold. Yeah. And I'm, and I think that, I think that honestly scared John. I think, I think that John's having some blood pressure issues. This happens the week before and then he bails. Yeah. So, you know, I, I talked to Chuck about it, like ran it by him to see because him, Big Mike, uh, I can't remember who else was with Chuck. It was Mike and Chuck and someone else was doing it. But Mike and Chuck were doing the Nationals too. So I was just going to do it with them. And Lou was like, fuck that. He's like, you have a training partner in this motherfucker. This is who yep. you train with. This is who you That's push with. You, did. you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So he tries to go. And he unracks. I remember we were using 415 and a blue-green for our first week. And he unracked it and passed out like two times unracking it. And he got so mad. Like I, I remember he was so mad and he wouldn't, he looked at me and he just like, I thought he was going to punch me in the face. I really did. I'm thinking I didn't fucking do it. You know, I was like, Lou, I'm good, man. I, I mean, I'm not, you know, and he's just like, but I'm not. And he just like, I thought he was going to hit me. I was like, so I was ready. Like I'm ready like to defend myself. Cause I was like, <laughs> I he's going to punch me in the yeah, face. Just pissed him off Cause he, he was clenched up and he was like yeah. so mad. And then I, and then he walked out of, walked out of the building and he was walking back and forth out in the parking lot. You, I, Cause the door was propped open. You could see him walking back and forth a few times. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, do I keep going or what? And Chuck's like, just jump in with us, dude. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm just going to go because I'm already warmed up. So I just did my sets and but when you're doing your sets by yourself and then you got Chuck running the monolift, you don't get no break. Like it's like I thought yeah, I was gonna die. There was that no day. breaks, man. It was but Lou, he hurt his arm, his his shoulder ended up something tore or something in there and ended up having it looked at a couple of times. But yeah, you know, he was never like he was furious, man. I mean and then, and to this day he'll blame Stafford. Like he would, he would blame Stafford for that, for that injury. Like he'd tell him, you know, I would have never hurt my shoulder if John would have showed up to work out. You know, he'd, yeah. he'd say it like years later. I'm like, I don't know if that was the case. I remember and you were passing out. Dude. He, he had me come out because I had some football coaches or something, man. You know, I was a bigger guy and, you know, six, six. And we used to always argue about the bands and your squat. And yeah, you say the same thing, you know. I'm like, dude, I'm stretching these sons of bitch. I get more attention sitting in the box than you do standing it up. But he's got me up here with these football coaches. We were on Dimmerus, and this is before we put all the dumbbells on the monolift. So we put these black bands on, big, thick. I mean, they were huge. Put that thing on there, and I'm like, all right, man. I go to stand that son of a bitch, that monolift flips. Starts to fall over. <laughs> oh shit! Shit! He's, his eyes got about this big. He thought that thing was going to take us all out. And that's when he started just loading the dumbbells <laughs> on. Because I'm like, well, I got all these football. These football coaches are in there watching, and I got to stand that thing up, and the whole damn thing starts to lift up. And then I'm, I just kept running my mouth to him. I'm like, what? I don't get that much attention. The damn monolith's picking up, you know. <laughs> so that, that was just he just know how to get on your skin and things like that. How um before we started, you said there was a meet in this gym. I didn't oh, know yeah. that there was. Yeah. 
What was that? Well, push pull meet wasn't yep. it? Was that the one and only? Zach Cole on the mic. I was. Yeah, I just Remember? got. I got married. I think yeah. that was that week, and I got. Yeah, I. I didn't come to because I was leaving. But oh, these I guys, say, he, I was. So, they all. I drank a bottle of Captain Morgan's at his wedding. I drove up here from Newark the next morning because I was supposed to judge the meet. So have- I'm driving up here drunk, and I was like, "If I get pulled over, man, this is this is it. I'm going to go to jail for a DUI." This is because <laughs> I am. And I remember getting here, and Doris was talking to me, and she's like, "Wow," she's like, "You must have had a good time last night." I'm like, "I'm still having a good time." What are you talking about? She goes. I'm going to go get you some coffee and some Gatorade. <laughs> so she went down to the and store down here and got me cookies. a bunch of drinks and stuff. And uh, I come back. I remember sitting there, and I remember Todd Brock, he, uh, he, I red-lighted him on a bench because his ass, he never put his ass on the bench. Like, he unracked it with it off, and he benched and put it, and it never touched. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I turned the red light. And he comes over and shakes my head. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> but I remember sitting in the chair that day, and Lou was he was trying to pull something, I, some kind of PR or something he was going for, uh, for some I can't remember what was it six. So, it was yeah, like seven fifteen, sure. I think he was trying to pull, and he gets I the wire brush there. out of the chalk bowl, and he puts it in the front of his. Uh, he had old canvas briefs at the time, and I was like, I was like, Lou, you got to pull. I'll get that. Don't you don't have to try to bend over and fuck with that. He goes, Oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm like. I know, but you got all that gear on. You're not going to be able to clean that bar off. I ain't worried about the damn bar. I'm like, all right. Well, I'm hungover, so I don't have no clue what's really happening. And I just remember looking up, and he stands back by where the uh, the white rack is now. He stands back there, starts looking up at the ceiling, talking to something. I don't even know what he was saying. And uh, he takes that brush out and just starts bashing his freaking head with it, like over and over. And I was just like... I'm like, am I drunk? Is it? Is this Blood. something? I mean, what is going on here? But he's hitting it with the wire side of the brush. So he goes down, he reaches up, he, and he pulls sumo. So he sets up, grabs the bar, and he starts leaning back. And as he starts leaning back, it looked like connect the dots on his head. Like, then it just blood just started pouring out of his head from all these little holes he'd punched in his head with that wire brush. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I remember we were talking about a gritter story. So 9-11 had just happened, and we were getting ready for a bench meet. We had a bench meet that we, that was supposed to be around that time. Well, he calls down there and says, they're like, it's canceled because, you know, 9-11 and all yep. that. He calls down there and says, you guys will be having a meet. I don't care where it's at. I got my lifters ready to go. Well, he was trying to break Kellum's uh, record thing. Yeah. The 607 and a half. I remember. <laughs> Should we tell the story? <laughs> huh? <laughs> so we're down there. Eight, six. Anyway. Anyway. So Jesse had benched 605. Yeah. And Gritter wanted to pass him on the top 100 list. So Gritter had one arm that was yeah, really one arm jacked was real up bad. and one was pretty good. So he loads 605 and we have to put a two and a half on his good arm. Yeah. So but it makes it six, these six, six to, seven and a half. <laughs> to get these people with this meat to understand this was like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, we're like, like just put a two and a half and they're like, what are you talking about? We're like, we just need a two and a half on that side. That's all we need. <laughs> Well, and he said 605. Do. I was like, it's going to be 607 and a half. Yeah. And he goes, well, that's not even a weight. I was like, it is if you put that two and a half on there. It was like we were literally building a car. Yeah, that was funny because yeah. he's just like so wound up and he's like irritated because I canceled the meet. You know, it was one of the biggest, you know, and I, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that. It was just a point that we had trained and we were yeah. ready to do a meet. He just wanted to get it in because we were all going, there was quite a few of us that went down there. Well, the hotel that Pittsburgh they had put away, they wouldn't, yeah. uh, 
they wouldn't let us take. They wouldn't let us go. They wouldn't let the meet happen. They put them out. So we ended up doing it with Rob Capazzolo. Yeah, down at his gym. So and he had yeah. it at his gym in the thing. Oh, they just I remember moved a bunch of shit and pulled a bench out. And I'm sure Lou's talked about this. I mean, when I first started here, we were going down to a trailer park down in Wintersville. Oh my God, that was that was a free. I mean, we went to so many meets. We went down and had a meet at Gritter's uh, building where he had his heating and cooling. Yeah. Yeah. We did a meet in there. I mean, that is one thing. Back then, like when first started West Side, you couldn't lift at the big meets unless you were legit. Like now, you know, like you just would let you go to the nationals and stuff. For you had yeah. to have a legit total before you could go to some of those meets. So you'd be finding meets all over the place trying to get your total up, yeah. you know, get your lifts up and everything. So um, that, that that was a big thing. And back then, if you're a West Side, you had to compete. Didn't matter. You, you either compete or you're out. Mm-hmm. So. There was no like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to compete. No, he, you competed or you know. I remember when the WPO yeah. first came, when they first came out, he had uh, Kidder had some guys fall out of the Arnold. They wasn't going to do the Arnold, so and I had just totaled 2200. I had just done my 2200, <clears throat> and he was in Columbus for stuff for the Arnold, and he came over to the gym and he talked to Lou and wanted Lou to let me do the Arnold for the 42s because he had two guys that had fell out and he wanted me to do it. And I decided, you know, he, cause like I had totaled as much as I was like right there with their totals. So he was like, he told Kidder, he's like, well, he didn't qualify. And he goes, well, we'll just make an exception just to get him in. And uh, he goes, well, the way we do it here is you have to qualify. Everybody else here that's doing the meet qualify. Mm-hmm. And Kidder come, and Lou had already told him no, basically. And then he came to the gym anyway that night, that Monday night to ask me if I wanted to do it. And he caught me, and Lou wasn't here yet. And But I said, I asked him, I said, did you talk to Lou about this? And he's like, well, you're doing the meet. It ain't Lou doing the meet. And I said, yeah, but I'm representing Lou's West place. Yep. This is his gym, so I'm not going to say anything. And about that time, Lou got there, and he come walking in. And I said, Lou, he wants me to do the Arnold. Are you good with that or no? And he goes, I already fucking told you once, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I guess you got your answer, you know, and I, and I wouldn't do it. I was like, I'm not doing it, you know, but like, and that's the difference between like then and the gym that was like when Greg and all those guys were here, not that they were bad lifters, they were all strong as fuck. I mean, they were all crazy strong dudes, but they didn't have the respect to what this place that you know, like, if they would have showed up and asked them, they're jumping, it. they're yeah. going right in because they're, it's, it became to be, to me, it was more selfish. They were like, everybody was so about their self and not about what was going to make the entire gym look better. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, can I make, what What can I do for me? You know, it was a me mentality versus, and I noticed that like, like me and Tim and Zach, we would be in here training and even with Chuck, guys would like, we, we was the last group to go and no would we'd get done on Friday. We'd help everybody through the morning. You know, Chuck had to leave for work. Yeah. But like winning and those guys, they would go to lunch. And then winning was bringing dudes back in here and training them, like on the side, you know. But wouldn't help us get through our team aspects started falling out. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, and it might have got better. I don't know, but the the team thing, I I, because now I don't see it in Mm -hmm. powerlifting. There's no teams now to come in. I mean, back when I was, you know, you had here, you had the guys from Cleveland, the Big Iron guys. Yeah, yeah, Big Iron. You had some guys from down uh, the Pittsburgh area. Um, you know, Black's gym up there um, when I first got in, you know. It, it was a 
it was kind of funny. It was like gangs all showing up. Yeah. You know, everybody'd show up in their gear, you know, wearing the t shirts and, and look around like, oh you know. Well see when I first came here, like the the black t shirts was like everybody yeah. they were just available. Like, yeah. You could get those. But like to get a red one you had a total elite. Um was I asked for a red one and Lou's like, Do you have an elite total? And because I seen, I, I just like red. Red for yeah. me is just that's my. And uh, I was like, uh, yeah, actually, I I total lead at the meet before I came here. And he was like, he looked at Gritter, and Gritter goes, he did. He totaled nineteen fifty at that meet in West Virginia. And he goes, all right, well then you can, because when they used to wear the collars, uh, they mm-hmm. had the polo shirts. Yep. Yeah, I got like one Todd of those. Brock and those yep. guys. They all wore those. I wasn't here for those. Yeah. Uh, somehow I got one. I the yellow, the yellow and black ones were world record. People had to break a world record to get those. I remember that. Yeah. Um, it, it takes a lot to you know do this like to stay here for that long. Yeah. You know, and, and you know when Chuck and you got you know I mean Dave Tate was insane. Like him and Dave would like fight like they were two little kids, man. I mean they would just go and then if you pissed Chuck off, you were going to pay for it the rest of the workout. Like if Chuck got mad. It was over. I mean, you were going to die. I mean, he was going to break you physically. I came up here and benched with him on a Sunday one time, did some speed work with him, and I had rode my motorcycle here. And I had a crotch rocket, so you got to lean on those. It It's a 45-minute ride from here to my house, and it took me four hours to get home. Yeah. I can remember he workouts. killed my arm so bad, Jeez. I had yeah. to keep pulling over and just sitting yeah. on the side of the freeway. I remember I multiple, multiple times driving home and just having to get out because your back was so pumped up. Your lower back would be just so mm-hmm. jacked. You just... Have to get out of your vehicle and <laughs> people probably drive by going, What, what the is hell this guy, is guy doing? doing that? Like, I'm so, sitting on them, I'm sitting yeah, on them. Yeah, because me and him, you know, we'd like, ride, shit, we'd pick each other up and drive up here for a while. Yeah, for a long time, many years. So, what are some of the most uh, things or aspects you're proud of looking back on everything you've done on Westside? Well, i tell you what, I, I started here as a boy and I left a man. I will say that. So, I, that, I would say that's it. I was like, you know, I came in here a very naive young kid, and I left as a as a man. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad. I'm glad that they taught me that. Like, I'm glad. Uh, you know, my body's beat to shit. We, I will say, our guys, the people we all, you know, beat our bodies up. I mean, we we learned. You know, the bands. We were first yeah. using the bands, and we were loading all that stuff up, and you know, but I wouldn't take anything back. I mean, I guarantee there ain't nothing I would change. Um, you know, met some great guys. You know, still hang out with you know, good guys, uh, but that that for me that's that's probably the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Just that uh, the intensity. I just liked it. I still got it to this day. I mean, you can ask people. I play cards and get just as intense as I was lifting <laughs> weight. I mean, it's kind of sad I could get like that, but uh, you know, and it's funny because probation officer. You know, for so many years, you know, I just. I took some of this stuff I learned here, how to control my emotions and, yeah. and did that with my work. So, you know, that, you know, yeah, some of the cool things lifting. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. But I learned a lot just to be in, being a man, yeah. being a person, uh, uh, how to build people, how to, you know, that's where I think a lot of people break in this sport now. Yeah. You gotta be mentally. And I think they did it here. I mean, we, we both, you know, they tried to break you and, and it made you a man. I mean, either, you know, and I know it's just lifting weight, but mm-hmm. you can do it. You can take that and rotate it so much in life to different things. And because uh, this this is a hard-ass sport, man. Powerlifting's a hard-ass sport. I mean, you may go a year and not PR, you know. <laughs> I don't see people. I don't know. 
the mentality now if people could do that because now yeah. it's it's, uh, it's a me happy world now. Um, you know, but we were always chasing for I didn't give a shit if it was a five pound or ten pound PR. You're always trying to get that PR, you know, and that's just what you did. So that's the, what I got out of West Side. That's probably it. And uh, you know, great times, and and I could probably still talk for another four hours. Man, yeah. Because I got once we start talking, man, I, my brain starts working. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about this and this and this and you know, this guy did this and you know, we you know, some guy damn breaks his ribs, and next thing I know, he's doing cartwheels down the damn hotel room, hotel hallway one day, and I'm like, what the fuck? I just saw that dude just you know, legitimately broke his rib squatting. So you know, just wild stories, you know. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, just being young, and my brain doesn't work as good as it used to. <laughs> but once we start talking, it's just like, man, I wish I could, I need to start writing shit down. So when I get, because this is a. But it's impossible to get times. out years. Yeah. There's so many years of stuff. That's why can't get out. You know, he could remember shit, man. Like, he could remember stuff. But it was always great. Like I said, I liked, I loved hanging out with Lou because we could just exchange stories yeah. and, and talk about stuff, you know, and he. He'd be like, oh, shit, I forgot all about that, you know, just going to these meets and, and seeing some of these guys. And, you know, I remember seeing Gary Frank for the first time. There's this big son of a bitch just walking out like, you know, thousand some, maybe 1,100 pounds, just walking shit out. And I'm like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. Just strong-ass men. So, yeah, walking out. He's sprinting it out. Yeah, basically. I he thought he was going to fall He almost walked off the back to WPO yeah. the first time. He oh, was crazy. But, yeah, so that, you know, for me – um, yeah, that, that's what it was. Westside was. I think I was like, I mean, I was young when I came here, so you know, I was you know, like, I was fairly sheltered as far as like you know, being around an intense environment goes. But um, like, I learned a lot from Lou. I, I learned a lot from him, and <clears throat> I think the biggest thing that I is being able to observe somebody and uh, just pick out details of what, you know, you can work on, not you can't, and just be able to see it like mm-hmm. without even, and know how to coach it to fix it, you know? And that was, uh, you know, the one thing that, uh, <coughs> that Lou, uh, I don't even know if he realized he was teaching mm-hmm. you to do it, to be honest with you. I don't know. Um, but you were, you were always critiquing each other to the point that, you know, it was like, you, you got to see what it meant, you know, what it looked like the right way and wrong way. And you, and you could find the details of it. And, you know, he really, uh, and, and I don't know if he meant for people to be, uh, to learn to coach that way. I, I really don't, but, uh, I mean, I can, I remember when, uh, Anthony Oliveira came here the first uh, couple of times, I mean, he looked like dog shit squatting. I mean, it was terrible. But just the way he would do certain things, and and I told him, I told him the one day he worked up and squatted like 850 or 900 in here one day, and I didn't even know what I was here for, to be honest with you. And uh, I was back spotting him, and I told him, I said, you start fixing a few things, and you're going to squat something huge at some point, you know. And, I mean, he's ended up squatting over 1,100 now. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Lou would never, like he never really looked at you as like what you were doing right then. It's like what he thought you could yep. do later. You know, it was never – you know, uh, and I and I and I think, unfortunately, I mean, I think sometimes for my kids, it's they get the West Side version of me, you know. And when I'm coaching them and I'm working with them, you know, but you know, when they go to practices or they go somewhere, they're like, "Holy crap, these people are soft, man!" And they know yeah. it, you know. And it's just, you know, like my daughter plays college softball, and you know, she knows like 
some of the girls with feelings got hurt because the coach yelled at them the one day about something and they were all upset about it and they're in their little group chat whining about it and then she sends out this big text message about basically just suck it up and move on man yeah. you know we either got to practice and get better or we you know you can't cry about this now what are you doing you know mm-hmm. and she told me she's like dad it was just it was it, i felt like i was you talking for a minute and I said, you can thank Lou for that. As I always tell her, you know, anything, anything the kids do that I'm like, you know, I mean, this is what I was taught. You know, it's not, yeah. you know, it's a, and I mean, my wife's like, sometimes she's like, you know, my, my one boy, he's eight, you know, and he's, he's just playing coach pitch baseball and stuff. And I'll talk to him sometimes when we're doing, we'll be hitting off the tee and I'll tell him stuff. And I get really aggressive, not like yelling at him, but I'm getting really into it. And she's like, he's eight. You got to back it down. And I'm like, and it was just hard to do. That's, a, that's hard to But do. that's what I tell I told my, you know, I had a parent come to me at a travel softball game one time, and she could not believe the way I talked to my daughter. She just could not believe it. It just it completely appalled her, and she just went on and on about how, you know, there's no way I should talk to a teenage girl like this and blah, 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 and all these different things. And I let her finish, and I didn't interrupt her. I just I, And I, I remember Lou doing this one time to somebody at uh, – it was at the APF Seniors in Chicago – or in Detroit. And this guy was running his mouth, and he just stood there and let him. And he's like, are you done? And he goes, yeah. He goes, all right. I really don't give a fuck what you think. And he walked away. And I was like, you know, this woman's just berating me with, like, her opinion of how I should talk to my kid. And I, and I, and I told her, I said, I let her finish. And I said, are you, are you finished? And she's like, well, I just, I was like, well, I'm going to talk when you're going to let me talk. And she said, uh, well, I just don't understand. I was like, well, first of all, it's my kid. You know, this is something that she's not, this is nothing that's new to her. It's not like I'm doing it just because there's people here. I do this at home. I do this wherever, you know, and this is how I talk. This is not going to, this isn't alarming her. She's not getting, this isn't something that's going to be a shock to her. And I said, I'm preparing her because she tells me she wants to go play college softball. So I'm getting her ready. So when she's, when she's got a college coach screaming in her face one day, ripping her ass, there's nothing going to surprise her. And she's like, well, I just think, I was like, well, when you pay for a pitching lessons and you do all these things, then you can have an opinion, yeah. you know, but until then you might want to walk away. Yeah. And I said, cause I'm done talking. Yeah. And you that was a it. Lot. You, know? you learn a lot from just being, when, I mean, from being up here, you learn just a lot in just general, just life. I mean, I learned a lot from Gritter. I learned a lot from Bob Cove. Yeah. I learned a lot from my training partners, you know, you just, there's a lot you learn and you just kind of, you know, Passing on is what I want to do now, you yeah. know. That, that, that's what I continue to kind of do now, and I'm always, you know, <clears throat> lifting or whatever I need to do. I pass on just knowledge and, you know, just uh, how we, you know, to get to that. You know, everybody wants, you know, nowadays it's somebody squats 800. Oh, my road to 1,000. Dude, come on, man. You don't know how this shit works, man. So don't sit there and tell me <laughs> I'm on my road to 1,000 after I just do 800. That road, you might man, want to be on the road. Either. That's a that's a long <laughs> yeah. road, and I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of stuff that happens in those days. So I get irritated by that. But hey, whatever, man. Everyone's got their own boat; they can do what they want with it. But uh, you know, I, I just get irritated at some of the stuff now. Like uh, they just think it's so <coughs> easy, you know, and they don't understand how much work you put in. You know, the guys that have done it, no, you know, the people I haven't, they can talk shit all they want, but mm-hmm. they don't know what it's like. You know, to get injuries and have to work around them and, and do this and do that. You know, he's torn his pec off. You know, I got a torn tricep, just had my shoulder replaced. You know, there's all these different things. You could give all excuses in the world. But like I learned from Lou, man, if he could have just got one more time on that platform, one more time, that's all he wanted to do. 
Hell, he always he's one to pull a deadly. He didn't give a damn. Now I've got that mentality. Man, I still got something left in me, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I can still pull something. I still can, you know, do something. Um, I don't know what else to do. That's what's yeah. sad is, you know, I've been doing this so long, you know. You, you, sometimes you, you're like, damn, maybe, but I like I said, wouldn't change it for nothing. So, well, the big upside from you guys putting yourself through trials and tribulations of here is that the injury rate went down hugely because you guys went to the absolute I've heard that from Lou yeah. multiple times. Max. And that's why it was so important for him to write and to pass on the education so it didn't go to waste. That's why he never stopped. And like that's why we have the business side is not just to make money, it's to make money to give out the education. But that was the whole and circle. I'm grateful for that. I think it's great. I, I love that the <clears throat> you guys can still, and I hope it continues, you know, yeah. selling the West Side shirts now. You know, when I first went there, I'm like, what the? F-? I worked my ass off to get this t shirt. Wait, now yeah. I can buy one for 20 bucks, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I'm glad it still goes on because <laughs> when people see it, and I know my nephew, uh, he just saw a boy across the, literally across the street had one on. And, kind of got like me, went over and said, how'd you get that shirt, you know? Yeah. Well, he said, I ordered it, you know? Yeah. Which, it's kind of cool now, you know, yeah. when you're older, you know, I trained there, I was there, I was one of those guys. I was yeah. one of those guys, you know? I knew Lou, you know? I knew these guys that, you know, that you see on all the, the videos and things <laughs> now. I trained with those guys. Uh, <clears throat> you know, that's the reason, you know, I was talking about, I got a bunch of pictures and things, I'm gonna try to get them yeah. up to you and, and some old videos and, you know, back, from 20 years ago, probably some of those are. So, uh, you know, it, it, I, I like the business thing now because we built it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. We, we were over here busting balls. We did it. You know, when we went out, we were cocky sons of bitches. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, damn right I did. I busted my ass, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's like, ah, oh, you know, it's all this. No. Our asses were in the gym four to five days a week working your ass off. I wasn't sitting behind some bar stool drinking beer, mm-hmm. talking to some drunk dude going to tell me, man, I remember back when I did 300 pounds. You know, I knew a guy in high school that could bitch fight. Bullshit, man. You weren't in there doing that. So, you know, cockiness, you know. Yeah, yeah, damn right we were cocky. Because you did it. Yeah. I didn't yeah. have to be cocky. He was cocky enough. <laughs> you, you just did it. You, I, I just, uh, just certain things just get, get, he gets fired up on some things. I get fired up on yeah. different, you know, different things. So it just pisses me off. I think we'll wrap it there, and hopefully we can do this again. It'd be great to get a Tim over too. Yeah, and, yeah we can reach out to them. Get Tim and Zach. We can get Tim yeah. and Zach about four. Like there could be some really good stories. Oh, that'd be that'd be great. Like we found Big Tim passed out in the lobby one time, and <laughs> he thought he was in his hotel room. So that just shows just some of the that maybe maybe, thing, maybe maybe things that we've kind of corrupted those kids when they were younger, but <laughs> they've grown up to be good guys, and you know, proud of those guys what they did too. So. I truly appreciate the time for coming over and can't wait to do this again. Thank you.